Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Fantasy Baseball. It is Friday, February 21st. I'm Alex Uwe here today with Ray Estrada. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. School's kind of dragging, but doing well. Uh, we don't talk about school here. Nah. As far as anybody knows, we're not in school. But we're here to talk fantasy baseball for the first time yeah. in 2020. And uh, yeah, dude, I'm just I'm fully <laughs> back in the mode already. I've been working on... 2020 fantasy rankings, um, those will be top 300 rankings, and they should be ready by next week. Um, and when they are, you can find them uh, on our website, beattheshiftbaseball.com. So make sure you be on the lookout for those. And yeah, in the meantime, you know, we, we're ready to go with fantasy baseball. If you have questions, you know, anything, keepers, draft advice, literally anything, um, you can ask us on Twitter at beat the shift BP, um, or you can send us an email beat the shift baseball at gmail.com. So that's, that's it. That's the big, those are the big things. That's the update for the new year. This episode is going to be very simple, not a whole lot of analysis. We're just going to talk about what, what we're feeling excited about and uh, a little bit about some league format things, um, but not too much else. You ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Well, I mean, we can start with just our teams because that's sure. the only thing that we've been <laughs> looking at so far. Um, we we are in a keeper league for for our podcast with some other people as well. A Twelve team league with um, a little bit of non-standard uh, scoring. And Roto, not head to head. Yeah, but Roto, and we'll we'll get into yeah the the stats are not you know yeah we'll get into the scoring a little bit later. I have justifications for all of our non traditional Roto scoring, but like who are your keepers this year? I mean, I only have two for sure right now. One of them you were trying to trade for, and I might give you. So I have Garrett Cole and Cody Bellinger. Um, Those are your only two for sure keepers. Uh yeah, I mean I I put them in a while ago, and I haven't you know looked at my team and too recently but I mean I have Rizzo LeMayhew um Charlie Blackman I guess Aaron Hicks I have who do I have pitching I have Julio Rios Kenley Jansen Clayton Kershaw Hyunjin Ryu um Sonny Gray so I, I mean I have a lot of a lot of options that, that I could choose from kind of how I want to mix and match um uh, uh positional wise like who, who do I want to not focus on in a draft essentially I guess that's it's such a different thing when it's like five keepers like we're doing versus um, more of like a dynasty format where you keep most of your team um, you know I think you just you more or less just have to keep your best players your most yeah. valuable players so yeah this this league is giving me a lot of anguish trying to figure out my keepers I actually traded for a keeper spot so it's I would have six instead of five but um, I have a few like certain ones. I have Mike Trout and Ronald Acuna, who I have to keep, and then I've also got. Um, sorry, um, I've also got um, <laughs> on the pitching side Justin Verlander, uh, Shane Bieber, Max Scherzer, um, that I feel that I have to keep on that end. But then you know the, the last spot. I have to decide between guys like Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, um, Chris Sale, Luis Severino, 
Uh, so definitely some decisions to make there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all fun. I'm, I'm just excited to, to actually start playing again. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure you're excited after you blew away the league last year. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> guilty is charged, but I know that things can turn around completely year to year, which is, you know, something else that we'll talk about how to prepare for that and what we actually look for and what I look for when thinking about rankings and things like that. So I guess, so the first question that I'll ask, which is more tied to, to non-fantasy related, um baseball news is are you going to be drafting any astros this year um i mean i i i won't be that's not going to stop anybody else yeah but but do you do you take moral stands in fantasy is that kind of yeah you do so if alex bregman is there in round two for some reason in a league that you're in just if everybody else passes up on him are you gonna are you gonna take the bait or are you just gonna to let him sit out there because I'll let him sit out there, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that's, I don't know. I, I feel like Astros are being devalued a lot in, like, average draft position because of people yeah. like even just angry baseball fans that <laughs> are like, you know what, screw them. They don't deserve to be drafted. I, I don't want them on my team. But then they're probably also going to end up being, like, the best values, and people that draft a lot of Astros are probably going to be really well off so from yeah. a completely rational standpoint you Obje- probably should be drafting astros. objectively astros players are still going to be good but also screw the astros so yeah you know who needs that if you want to run the risk of having your whole league um look at you in a weird way because you're like no, i don't think anybody's gonna no, no, but. think yeah i don't think anybody's gonna think less of you for owning astros i will say that in, in another league that i'm in everything has been completely thrown into chaos because the one person who owned Alex Bregman decided to trade him and in the most absurd and ridiculous fashion he traded like his entire team basically yeah he traded what seven guys he traded traded six or seven you know legitimately good players like four of them were pitchers Trevor Bauer Chris Sale to name a couple of the names in that package with Alex Bregman all for for Mike Trout, um, so <laughs> and then and then after that, just the floodgates opened, and then there were all kinds of other players flying back and forth. I don't even know what's going on anymore in that league. That's probably not the best example of a uh, of a fantasy league for. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it is just the wild west out there for a lot of people. Could be, but yeah, the Astros really throwing a wrench into things here. Um, but we're not gonna we're not gonna fixate. We'll we'll move past it. I'd rather talk about things that, or think players who are deserving of our attention mm-hmm. a little bit more. So, I guess the next thing that I'll ask you is: Are there any players that you are expecting to have a lot of shares of, like to to be drafting a lot, or that you really want on your team that you expect a big year from? Um, I mean, I haven't really thought about it too much right now. I I'll, I mean. A lot of the young guys, it'd be fun to get in on them to kind of see how, how they do. You know, the, the Kevin Biggio's having four years under their belts, Vlad Juniors. I like then, how Kevin Biggio was the first. I just young, that's just who I saw. Who, I just saw him. I you were scrolling rankings earlier. That's just what I saw, and I don't know why. Really it popped in my head. No, but I mean, just <laughs> you know, guys, guys like that who are not necessarily going to be who 
might not be keepers right now because you know a lot of other established commodities. Um, so kind of young guys who people maybe don't maybe want to let back out there uh, in, 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 into the draft. So kind of seeing guys like that and I mean guys that or maybe undervalued that you can get a good deal on. I got a great deal on Hyunjin Ryu last year mm-hmm. um, because you know he had he had you know injury history, so not necessarily a guy you want to keep. But I mean, I got him in one of the later rounds, and he was a Cy Young runner up for me. So yeah, well, I mean, he might he might be a discount again. You don't because yeah. I don't. He's not really going in the top fifteen starting pitchers for a lot of people. So if you really believe in the skills and believe he can do it in the AL East then yeah my my my, my concern with him is is the new team yeah um so so we'll see on that but yeah I mean just finding guys who maybe that you know a little more about because I think that's that was my advantage that I knew more about Hyunjin Ryu and his stats right because and I was able to jump on him I'm a Dodgers fan yeah so but yeah but I mean just kind of stuff like that would be be fun to do yeah, I tend, I don't know, I tend to draft a lot of players from, from my favorite team as well, but I, you know me, I have my my man crushes from all over the league. Yeah, I'm surprised Trey Turner's on the edge, I'm surprised he wasn't just uh, man crush, alright, he's my keeper. Well, I mean, I am I am probably going to keep him, but just, it's tough, <laughs> because the other the other candidates are Your right team is called team. a man crush, you can't not keep a man crush. I feel like I have to now, you're <laughs> right. I mean, I, do, I think he's going to be great, he's, he is a yeah. player that I'm looking at, especially to um just based on what like research that i've done so far i would say the players that i'm most excited about like strangely i'm not really excited about any pitchers i'm just terrified of of most pitchers and like the worst outcomes help you know just health wise or just things that can go wrong because it always seems to happen you know it doesn't matter who it is like just <laughs> I don't know, pitching is just a nightmare to deal with. Um, but that being said, certain position players I've like really looked into and decided, yeah, I'm going to get it. a lot of these. Like, I, I, I'm just going to say right now that I think Jeff McNeil is a player that I'm going to get everywhere because I think from what I've seen and what I've looked at, I am ranking him way higher than any anywhere else that I've seen so Jeff McNeil I think he's going to be a stud this year I mean he was pretty good last year too um yeah I don't know any other young players that that you're kind of describing that are that are fringy type of prospects that I think could have that would be available in a big breakthrough yeah um yeah I mean so like obviously Gavin Lux yeah. Dodgers like didn't do much in the majors last year, but was probably the best hitting prospect. Probably is the best hitting prospect out there right now. Um, like uh, Luis Robert for the White Sox, similarly, mm-hmm. you know, going with a ton of hype um, early in draft season right now. Um, so guys like that, of course, are going to draw a lot of attention. I think Tatis is going to be the most divisive player. Yeah. This year. Just in terms of the range and where he goes, so yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think the only other thing that we well, actually, okay, before we get into <laughs> the league format stuff, I did want to to talk to just a little brief off season recap 
because so much has happened, and now that it's you know spring training is here, games start well today, Friday. yeah, like Friday. When this comes so out. yeah, and then you know everything goes from there. But you know teams are in camp, and this is the time now where you're like, oh yeah, this player is with this team now. That's yeah. weird. Like Corey Kluber is with the Rangers now. That's where Anthony yes. Rendon is with the the Angels. You know, Garrett Cole, all mm-hmm. these all these guys that signed so long ago or were traded so long ago, and you're like, oh. Wait, they're still doing that? Like, that's still a thing? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you've seen any so far. Well, I mean, the Dodgers have a lot of some interesting new faces as yes. well. Yes, very interesting new faces. I think I saw Mookie debuted the uh, the full Dodger uni yeah. today for the first time. So that one's going to be one that's going to take some getting used to for me. What's Are there any that pop in your head is just the most unnatural seeming ones like the hardest for you to get used to um i mean the first one on the bottom of my head is maybe is not the most unnatural one but david price is also a dodger mm-hmm. first his first time with an nl team and he, he's excited about hitting oh yeah as he says <laughs> he's wearing number 33 um but uh that might be hard for hard for some people to get used to um i'm trying i'm Trying to think of like guys who. Oh, I can think of one in the same division. Oh, Bump Bumgarner and the D backs. Yeah. yeah. It's a little a little different. Um, I mean, yeah, you mentioned, I mean, Kluber with the Rangers. You kind of forget that that trade happened. Yeah, those ones that you're like, oh, yeah, that's. I mean, Tommy Pham with the Padres. Tommy Pham with the Padres. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm a Tommy Pham. I'm a Tom, Fam. I'm a Tommy fan. So, you know, I'm. And we're in San Diego, so I'm probably. I'm a Tommy watch a fan as well. I was just. And a Rays fan, I was disappointed that they traded him for Hunter Renfro, <laughs> the yeah. reddest man on uh, oh, yeah. in baseball. Yeah, very true. And when he says that, he means it literally. Um, there's no nothing to read into. No. There. He's just he gets very red when he plays baseball. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Who else? I mean, obviously, Rendon doesn't look too unnatural because he's still in red. It's the same red. It's Garrett Cole. I. I mean, just his image and clean shaven. I got used to it quicker yeah. than I thought I would. Yeah, like I, I think partially just because his press conference was so I, noteworthy and like his his image as a Yankee has already kind of been digested just through that. Yeah. Um, and all the attention he got with, you know, his childhood sign and, yeah. and everything. So I I think one that's interesting that, you know, it wasn't this year, but people maybe forget Andrew McCutcheon is a Philly. Yes. Well he yeah, he played a he, he, he played with Philadelphia for like a couple months. Almost before he was out for the year, but yeah, I mean, but I mean, I'm sure enough people mm-hmm. forgot that he's a Philadelphia yeah. Philly at this point. Well, so Evan Longoria is he's still a giant, still a giant, and Yasiel Puig is still a free agent. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on there. I don't know either. Um, Hunter Pence is back with the Giants. Hunter Pence is a giant again. See yes. now, now we're just trying to remember all the the random <laughs> things that happened. Um, I guess that's that is what I asked for. It's just. Yeah, randomness, but yeah, a lot of really. I think the the less notable players are the ones that you're gonna be like, wait, what is he doing there? Um, one that I had come across, Jose Peraza with the Red Sox. Yeah, you're Jose. Like, what? And like that's it's Jose just so Peraza random. is a Red Sox. Kevin Pillar is a Red Sox. Yeah, um, I, I I feel like we're just talking about the same teams over and over again, but yeah. Um, where did Jose yeah. Iglesias go from the Reds? Jose Iglesias he did, did sign somewhere. Did he go to Baltimore? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, 
the the Tigers signed all the washed up twins, the CJ Crone and Jonathan Scope duo that's gonna play a lot and hit in the middle of the lineup <laughs> after there was just no space in the twins stacked lineup anymore. Donaldson with the twins, so yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm I think it's gonna be cool though. Um let's let's just talk about league format stuff. Um mm-hmm. so of course you know, any advice or anything that we talk about in the coming weeks in regards to draft preparation and rankings especially are going to vary so much depending on the type of league that you play in, uh, like how many teams, what kind of scoring format you use, which is the biggest one, and just any other weird stipulations, keepers, things like that. So um, just to to give a brief summary of like the more standard ones um and just the ways to like recalibrate yourselves um standard rotisserie leagues which are five by five categories um hitting is runs rbis home runs batting average and stolen bases and then on the pitching side is era whip strikeouts wins and saves saves so you know pretty standard category mix there in those formats stolen bases are hugely valuable um in in any case you know just across the board like every everything stolen base related will be will be bumped up in value um because everything else is just kind of easy to come by especially nowadays with the the amount of power that's yeah that's out there um that's the real scarcity and then pitching pitching scarce everywhere Pitchers will be flying off the draft boards so early this year, and that's part of the reason why it's just a terrifying position to me. <laughs> so um, that's going to be pretty consistent across so, all so formats. So you're saying your draft advice is to try and be a part of that early pitching barrage? Oh, yeah. General, I, I'm, we'll get more into draft strategy in the coming weeks for sure, um, and it reflects in my rankings, but pitching is so important in any format, um, whether that be points, leagues, no matter how you score it. Um, generally points leagues benefit players who are better hitters in general, who, who walk more, who have, you know, better power numbers beyond just home runs, um, because they, they can accumulate points through extra base hits and walks and things like that. So, um, you know, points leagues are a little bit more true to form. I think standard Roto is like one of the worst formats just in terms of like how, the true talent of your lineups reflects. Yeah, because I mean it's, it's it's pretty bare bones, and you're really drafting for the categories, not for the best players. Um, which is where I'm going to get to eventually. Yeah, I so, mean, you know, well, yeah, you can manipulate those categories easier. Yeah, than with other ones. Yeah, well, points leagues too are really good because you can you can be flexible with with how you assign point values and things like that. Um, but again, that one requires a lot of fine tuning. But it's a good option, uh, nonetheless. And then the format, the scoring format that um, our beat the shift league uses is a six by six rotisserie league, where instead, of, so the the main differences are instead of batting average, we use on base percentage and slugging instead, um, as two separate categories, and we also have net stolen bases instead of regular stolen bases, which if you ask me is one of the, is just a no brainer. 
But, yeah. you know, nobody else really seems to talk about that as an option, even though it's offered in pretty much any custom league format with, with no issue, right? It's It, it seems like a no-brainer because a caught, a caught stealing is, you know, bad. it's bad. It, it's detrimental. It's arguably it's more detrimental to the team than, than a stolen base is beneficial to a team. And it just more accurately reflects how good of a base dealer somebody is. If yeah, um, I'll just throw out there one example that really shows in my rankings is Whit Merrifield, who gets a ton of value in stolen bases in a lot of rankings, and you know he's drafted as a top five second baseman, but he really has a terrible stolen base percentage, gets caught stealing a lot, and that really hampers his value and then you add in the other things you know just taking away batting average and substituting with more um with with hitting categories that have a little more bulk to them Mm -hmm. on base percentage and slugging like you can really identify who's who are the the better hitters you know in terms of power and in terms of reaching base so um that's the reasoning behind like the offensive side of the six by six scoring we use and then also, for the pitching side, we use quality starts instead of wins. I don't love quality starts either, but still better than wins because it's... It, it, it rewards you for, you know, a guy losing a game one nothing. Yeah, wins are completely random. And at least quality starts... More random than quality starts. Yeah. Quality starts, I, I wish there was something different that we could use, but um, at least that one is a consistent measure of of how, you know, how effective a pitcher is. How yeah. If they can consistently go deep into games, they're rewarded. Um, so, yeah, the rest of the, the pitching categories that we use, um, we actually use innings pitched, um, which helps balance out a couple other um, of those rate stats. But, again, like the, the quantity in the bulk that pitchers provide is, is important. So, like, we want to reflect yeah. that, too. Um Strikeouts are our standard. ERA and WHIP are the two rate stats that we use. Um, and save holds. Save holds, yeah. So saves plus holds instead of saves, um, just to get more relief pitchers in the mix. I think it's more fun that way. Yeah, um, just, I mean it adds. Yeah, it it, it adds yeah. value to more relief pitchers. Yeah, I mean you're it it, it forces you to consider getting the best relievers on your team rather than just getting. Chasing the saves, chasing the person that's in the position that yeah. gets saved every time. It, it, and, that's and, a very and, and the thing is too. Thing. I mean, how, how many closers are out there that you know? At most thirty. Well, <laughs> right? true, true. But I mean, to you know, fill out twelve uh, rosters worth of yeah. relievers. It's 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 tough, and it's so volatile because like yeah, you know, you shouldn't really have to chase a closer on a bad team just because they're going to get saves if they you know they might not be a very yeah. good pitcher but just because they're in they pitch in the ninth inning and get the saves they automatically have a lot more value you know i i think holds gives a lot more value to the the high-end relief pitchers that just you know aren't pitching yeah, in the i mean it did and then you can poach from those bullpens that are you know stacked yeah exactly so i think that one's a pretty simple change yeah. to make if we we were teams. this league was originally K per nine and we went back to regular strikeouts. Um, we did because I, I, th- I think K per nine skewed so heavily towards relievers. Yeah, I, that one's a tricky one because you wanna you wanna balance against people who who will stream pitchers and you know kind of punt the rate stats and just go for quantity 
if you can find starters out there that can get you a lot of innings pitched and quality starts um, and strikeouts, you know, that's that's yeah. three of the six categories right there that that get you a lot of bulk. Um, but I think on the flip side, the reason we changed it from, from K per nine is because relievers had too much yeah. of that weight. Like, if you had guys that had really good, you know, save, you know, they're racking up a lot of saves and holds, um, and then getting you really good rate stats, probably better than starters, and then also had, you know, really good K per nine, then that, that skewed things too far towards relievers. So that was just a, a little balancing act that we did to, to give starters more, more value. So... Yeah, that was just a a quick explanation of the the scoring format that I have considered to be the best option right now. <laughs> you know, maybe there is a better a better scoring format out there. If if anybody listening has certain scoring practices or categories or things that they use, um, like go ahead and share that with us because I. Yeah, love reading about that kind of thing, and I I think the one other thing that's really good about this um, being a roto league compared to head to head is just based on the kinds of people that we play with. Um, head to head is great; it's a lot of fun and it keeps people engaged on a week to week basis. But I think there's an appeal to having a rotisserie format that is over the course of the whole year um, that you know, it can take a little bit of the the stress off because you know especially in the middle of the season and people not setting lineups and forgetting to yeah like do all that stuff you can get away you can get away with not setting your lineup two days in a row in the road league whereas in head to head you lose that matchup you're done and then also just the playing week to week kind of thing um can it it does add certain strategy but it's also not really like true to form of a baseball season right like you want to have the guys who have the best seasons but Mm -hmm. um if you're playing to like you know, win a certain, you know, win a certain matchup on a certain week and that's what you're playing around, then, you know, maybe that's a little bit, a little bit skewed as well. Not to say it's a bad format. It's just for, for the type of people that we play with, um, that one works better. Um, just, just your opinion on head to head would, if you had to do head to head league, would you rather have, uh, the win loss record be the weeks won and lost? So like, if you lose by one category, yes. 13 categories. Yeah, you, I think... That's a loss. Or, I think when... I, I don't think the total categories is a good way to do it. Maybe as a tiebreaker. But, yeah, I think if you win your if you win your weekly matchup, you should win okay. that week. That's that's just my personal preference on it. Because otherwise, it's just like an extended roto thing that has a lot to do with like the luck of who you're up against it okay. I, I, don't I, know. Mean, I, I mean i kind of like the other way just because you can say i need to beat this guy say by however many categories to jump next thing this yeah game. but then also a like volatile that's true yeah but you know depending on how things go like you can just absolutely crush somebody one week in like in all categories which is you know, I, I think I know. did that to almost make the playoffs one time in one of the leagues that we played in a couple years ago. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't really play head-to-head anymore. Um, no. But it is it is interesting. Um, what else, Anything else about league format? So I the last thing I will say is that the league format that I described, 6x6 six six rotisserie league, um, is 
the format that I use for the basis of my rankings. And part of that, part of the reason that I'm okay with doing that compared to the more standard format or formats that, that most people play in is because I think this one is translatable enough and it gives an accurate measure of, a more accurate measure of how good the players are mm-hmm. that if you need to make adjustments for, you know, a standard Roto League or a points league, you can adjust accordingly and this is not too far off base from those. It's like, a, it's a good baseline uh, to use even for, even though it's not a really traditional scoring format. Yeah. So. And, and I mean, none of these stats are, you know, like weird stats that you have to be, you know, kind of analytic nut maybe to know and stuff like that. These are all fairly standard stats that any, you know, casual baseball fan could yeah. could grasp just as easily <laughs> as batting average home runs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just, it, it's a little more uh, fair, I guess, in a way. In terms of maybe, show, showing yeah, which I don't players know are the fair. best, it can yeah. Maybe, maybe it's the wrong word, but like it, I it, think it does a better job at, at showcasing the, the best players. Yeah, that's that's the main that's the main idea. So yeah, I think that's gonna do it for our podcast today. Um, yeah. So once again, if you have any questions or if you have any players or things that you want us to talk about on the fantasy podcast, um, tweet us at beat the shift bp. And you can also email us, beattheshiftbaseball at gmail.com, because that's what we're here to do. We're here to help people win leagues, so um, hopefully we're able to do that. But anyway, that's it for today. Um, Join us next week, and we'll get right into the the, uh, the rankings. Rankings, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So that's it for today. Thanks, everybody, one last time. As always, Ray. Peace.